Okay, welcome to our Fate of Midgard game, Stranded in the Southlands. I am your Game Master Porter, and tonight we have the full crew with us as we continue on our adventure through the Pyramid of Meshkenet in Perbastet. So, uh, let's go ahead and do the do around the table. Tiffany, go ahead and start us off. I play Mira Barkridge. She is a well-meaning, eccentric earthen enchantress. Mira does not kill. Her aspects are horticulture for hire, herbalist hobbyist. She is the caretaker of the figs. Now you get the thorns. She also has the uh, negative energy ward and the staff of summer flame. Hi, I'm Erin, and I play Eleanor Westergaard. She is a beguiling magical slayer. Her trouble is venom in my veins. Her other aspects are fantastical facades, the Westergaard family business, lady on a mission, and then she also has her negative energy ward and her fancy whip. Although she did pick up a sword from last time, the Westergaard family sword, which is very exciting, although she doesn't have that equipped at the moment. Um, and then she has two fate points currently. And what conditions did you take on? Oh, so many. Um, I was exhausted, beaten and bruised, and moderate vampire queen because I wanted to follow the vampire lord into the night and never be seen again. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany, do you have any conditions? I do not. Mira is actually completely unscathed with the exception of being beefed up by some potions at the yes, moment. Yes, yes. And... But her negative consequences are uh, blank. Okay. I and... feel like Mira was like the whole class time. Like she was just like breaking vials, shooting them down, and like, <laughs> And uh, Tiffany, how many fate points does Mira have? At two. And Aaron, has, uh, how many does Eleanor have? She has two. Okay. All right. And Brendan? Yes, hello, I am Brendan, and I will be playing Yolok, the kobold rogue. Yolok is a slippery treasure hunter. His trouble aspect is that uh, getting in is no problem. Getting out? Sometimes is. Uh, Yolok is beneath notice and has an eye for antiques. His most recent aspect that he got was complete dedication to the mistresses, he wields a set of Masterwork Thieves tools and wields his trusty Marodi stiletto, uh, and he also has a dagger called the King Killer. He has a new aspect uh, associated with that dagger, and it is driven by the King Killer. Excellent. So, Tiffany, since you were the primary active character last time, since Eleanor was in a state of shock through most of the episode, how about you give us a quick recap? Uh, to her credit, it wasn't that way when we first opened, um, because we began by finding out that uh, the image of Tomlin in the cell was only that, a an, a projected image. And uh, while we were sussing out that situation, Yolok checked all of the cells for anybody who might still be locked up in the dungeon, and he came across our new best friend, Rising Sun, who is a giant knoll bent on revenge against Meshkenet. And when he came up the stairs to see that Eleanor was still glamored to look like her right hand, 
uh, the, the flame headed lieutenant, he got really, really mad. <laughs> so we had to uh, shake up a few things to gain his trust, which we did, and uh, decided that nobody should ever be prisoner in here again. And so in effort to try to find Tomlin, we freed everyone and led them on a prison break and blew up the dungeon completely to yes, make sure nobody did. would ever be locked up again. Then after we all screwed up the elevator on its ascent, we found that Miss Kennet re-entered the pyramid, flanked by were-tigers, and she is coming back. And Rising Sun and Yolok swan dove off the elevator in her direction. <laughs> and so Eleanor and Mira continued up the elevator to the highest level to check out the library and met up with a very cunning Darius Obliviant. And he tried to get under Eleanor's skin, get into her head, which he kind of did. And she reacted in a way that kind of disarmed her, I think maybe magically and mentally. So Mira acted in the only way she could to protect her and also pursue Tomlin and avoid Darius. Her hands were quite full. Uh, tried to come up with some kind of diversion with the bookcase using her magic powers to manipulate the wood to come up with some kind of maze. Um, and when Darius decided to break through everything that she threw at him, we found out he operates at Paragon scale, which I think is good, useful knowledge for us going forward. After popping a strength potion, I was able, Mira was able to grab Eleanor and bust down the door where we found Tomlin being held. We offered him a healing potion. He was shell-shocked a bit, and he was able to rise to his feet. And after downing a fast potion, I was able, Mira was able to shoulder Tomlin and race out of the library, um, evade Darius, and we were able to get to the elevator, except Eleanor stopped and could not defend her own mental fortitude against his offer to go with him and be her his vampire queen. The only thing Mira thought to do, because Eleanor was not moving from that spot, was to punch her out and drop the veil that was keeping us hidden, but it got her to go with Mira and she shouldered the both of them to get to the elevator back to what we hope is presumably safety. All right, so we're going to take this from a little bit of a rewind and see what happened with Yolok and Rising Sun when they leapt off the elevator. And uh, we will rejoin Mira and Eleanor a little bit later as they come down the elevator with Mira and Darius having a little stare down across the uh, the floors. So, with that, Yolok has just leapt off the elevator and he is carrying with him an ancient artifact of immense power, the King Killer Dagger, which he received in the depths of the Temple of Thoth Hermes on his adventure with Kama 
in the Hall of Mirrors. So let's pause for just a minute and let's learn a little bit about the background of the King Killer and how it ended up in that temple. Suddenly, Yaks and I regained her consciousness. She had spent most of her waking life, such as it was, in the realm of chaos, her spirit torn asunder from her deadly work. No longer did Yaks and I try to make sense of where she was, how she got there, or what circumstances had brought her to snap back to the mortal planes. So many times had her soul been ripped away and forced back into her body that this was no longer torture, so much as a job description. Here she was, however, and she knew that she was in position to finish her grand plans that she had set in motion so long ago. As the avatar of Thoth Hermes, Yaksunai was groomed to exact the will of the many-faceted god. She and her mortal followers knew what happened when the god was angered because of insolence or insubordination. Because of her single-minded dedication to her god-master, she alone was granted degrees of personal freedom concerning matters of the will of Thoth Hermes. Throughout the land, some said that Yaxani killed whomever she wanted, for whatever reason she wanted. She knew, however, that when she killed, it was rarely for pleasure. Most of the time, she killed on behalf of her master. She had never felt remorse. Her dagger was an instrument of the gods, as was her body. Such power came with a cost, however, a cost that none could truly understand, save Yaxani herself. How many souls had she taken? She truly had lost count. Through his most learned priests, Yaxani had been given many gifts from the god Thoth Hermes. Her recovery from her grim business had slowly gotten more and more difficult, despite their best efforts. The high priests themselves had resorted to living sacrifice to appease Thoth Hermes and aid his avatar in their presence. Yaxani knew that it wasn't the right sacrifice, however. The dagger wielded by the fearsome avatar had many names throughout the ages. Reaper, Harvester, King Killer, and the like. But the one that Yax and I preferred was the Void. It had been wielded by the god himself in the ancient wars between deities and was forged from materials not of this reality. The blade itself shone bright emerald, but when it killed, when Yax and I killed, it turned black. No, not black, empty a void in this very plane of existence. The soul of the victim was drawn into this emptiness, and there it would suffer for an eternity at the mercy only of Thoth Hermes himself. 
The problem was this. Thoth Hermes had lost interest in this pathetic realm. Gone were the days of epic struggles of immortals. All that were left were the petty squabbles between mortals, squabbles which were of no interest to the god. He had departed, at least for now. But the priests still dedicated themselves to the elaborate rituals and frequent utterances of words which had long lost any power. Yaxenai alone knew the extent of Thothermes' departure. The void no longer drew in the souls of the departed, but also the soul of Yaxenai. The void hungered, and where that hunger had previously been sated by Thothermes, all that was left was the soul of his avatar. The high priests of Thothermes had helped her minimize these effects, but as Yaxenai continued her dark work, her soul was incrementally lost to chaos. There was no turning back now. All that was left now was to decide the fate of the void. It was only the unflinching dedication that Yaxenai had which allowed her to continue to wield the hungering dagger. Yaxenai knew that if the void was left in this mortal plane, it would sow discord for generations. The power was simply too great to be entrusted to others. Yaxenai knew what she had to do. She had to seal the dagger in a place where it could never be found. She had come to her senses. She was standing in the basement of the temple. Below her, the corpses of a dozen high priests and priestesses. Why were they dead? She had killed them. Why had she killed them? It didn't matter. What concerned her, and what had initiate her final commitment, was that this harvesting wasn't her intent. Recently, she had lost control of her own actions. More and more frequently, her shattered consciousness would be in the realm of chaos surrounded by the countless souls of her victims. She would intend one action in the physical realm and vanish into chaos. Sometimes she would return shortly to the physical plane, and sometimes she would be absent for months, years. Always she returned to butchery. Always she returned to slaughter. It didn't matter. The carnage would soon end. Yaxenai scanned the room, the room of mirrors. Perfect. She burned the bodies of the priests in a pyre in the middle of the room and scrawled out ancient warnings on the walls of the chamber to turn away uninvited guests. She gazed into the central mirror and thought about her desires her final desire, her final sacrifice to the God that she had served for so long. She drew the void, and it gobbled up all light, knowing full well that it would feast in moments. I want to hide the artifacts of Thoth Hermes, she thought gazing into the mirror. 
The mirror flashed and showed all of the artifacts dissolving from view. Once the dagger had vanished in the mirror, she looked in her hand to see the fierce green outline surrounding the inky nothingness vibrating. It was the first time she had been terrified. Before she could hesitate another moment, she walked towards the mirror, slit her throat, and fell inside. Darkness took her as she fell into the mirror, her body finally leaving the mortal plane as her spirit was torn away one last time. Would her soul find a restful eternity in the realm of chaos, surrounded by her slain foes? Certainly not. But she was closer now to Thoth Hermes than she had been in a very long time. And she had secured the dagger in such a place that it would never be found, a place stuck between the physical plane and what lies beyond. Surely, no mortal could return it from there. Thus, the avatar of Thoth Hermes came to an end. Her soul, now one of countless, forever bound within the void, never to be disturbed. Eternal peace, if not rest. And then... The innumerable souls awoke as another entered their domain, a weak and pathetic wretch unworthy to be slain by this time-bound artifact. She felt such hunger, such bloodlust. The void must feast again. The void must feast. Ooh, on Meshkenet. That was very well done. So exciting. Oh, my gosh. So can I ask you one quick question that didn't occur to me before? That little, that, that soul at the end. This doesn't have to go on the recording. Um, Brendan, is that, was that supposed to be, um, what's her name back in the, when the one? Gabrielle Zolik. Yeah, pathetic soul. Okay, cool. I, that's yep. what I thought. I just wanted to confirm, like... It wasn't Yolok. They were talking about it. It yeah. was Gabrielle. Yes, because she's Gabrielle, yes. the victim. Reawakening the dagger. Okay. All right. All right, because yes, it just killed her instantly. Yes. All right. Cool. So, jumping back into the present... Just a little, just a little flavor text for you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so we've learned something about this dagger now. So you can wield it, but because Thoth Hermes isn't here, whoever wields it loses a piece of their soul as well. Is that right? I, I don't know. We're going to see how the DM Ooh. plays this, aren't we? Ooh. Ooh. I mean, that's kind of what we saw when, when uh, Yolok decided to lose his absolute marbles over the corpse of Nakumba when he was overcome by the king killer and just went 
where one stab will do, 50 will be fine, and he didn't Ooh. stop until... He didn't use the king killer on Nakuma, did he? No, 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 no. no, no, no. But I didn't think he's not used on the Nakuma. drive. Yeah. Okay. Yes. We talked about how he was just overcome yes. out of himself by rage and bloodlust. And, I mean, he did swan dive off of a moving elevator. Maybe this king killer is making him be, you know, just kind of ratchet that level of crazy up a, a few notches. Yeah. Well, that he does have an so aspect fun. called driven by the king killer. So yes. I think is it is reasonable to assume that there is some potential there. Wow. I want to know more about yaks. Yaks and I? Yaks and I. Yaks and I. Yaks and I. The avatar of Thoth Hermes. Like, I feel like that just opened up like a whole campaign of like, man. Yeah. What does she do? And. What's her whole journey of, like, dying and rebirth, and then she's got this dagger, and this dagger, man. Let's see what it can do. All right. Very happy Yolok. So, so Yolok has leapt, uh, Yolok and Rising Sun leap off the back of the elevator. Uh, the huge column of stone rises upwards um, between you and the rest of the the hall that leads out to the main entrance. You know that Meshkenet is coming back in. And that she's... Um, sorry. You know that Meshkenet is coming back in. The pillar serves as a huge wall, basically, between you and the rest of the space right now. So you can kind of dart off to one side or the other of the main central area. And you remember from seeing earlier that the main nave that she was walking out and would now be walking back in was lined on both sides by a, a long line of statues and pillars that, that sort of frames both ends of sort of the central aisle. And that both sides were fairly shadowy. Okay. You don't have any particular um, distinguishing features for, that you've observed previously between one side or the other. Okay. So basically all we're working with is a long hall with shadows on either side and a big column elevator thing that we currently have cover behind. Yes, you're behind this big column and you can go around to one side or the other and get yourselves into more cover. Okay. Uh, Yolok turns to Rising Sun. My friend, now is the time where you get to prove your mettle, and I get to prove my own dedication to the mistresses. Coming down this hallway right now is the target that you seek vengeance for. Before we go one more step, I need to ask you, are you willing to die for this cause? I wanted nothing more. Then you and I may in fact be of like mind and like spirit soon enough. And I uh, instruct... 
rising sun that uh, the plan is as follows. He's going to walk around the left side of the column in plain view and standing as tall as he can, looking as menacing as he can, make as big a scene and call out um, Mesh Kennet for single combat. If she approaches him, he's going to do his best to kill her. But what we expect will actually happen uh, is that her guards will probably be sent upon Rising Sun. And if that happens, Yolok will have snuck around on the right side of the pillar and gone past the guards, which have now been distracted and are pouring towards this uh, this raging lunatic over by the uh, elevator and uh, see if Yolok can't find an opening. All right. Sounds like a plan. So That's the plan. All right. So Rising Sun starts um, stalking his way around, right around the uh, the pill the giant uh, pillar of stone elevator. And as he goes around, you see a uh, there's a standing like statue of armor holding a halberd. And as he you uh, you see as he kind of curves around the pillar and comes to the thing, he grabs the halberd and swings sending the the suit of armor like flying through the air in pieces with a clatter and you hear a roar out in front of the pillar that you can't see because he's now out of your sight um but it is loud and uh you hear shouts as he and you hear impacts as presumably various bodies start flying around and he goes to work he is making a very loud very violent distraction for you. Awesome. So I do not want to wait at this point. Um, basically, as soon as I hear the suit of armor go go clang, uh, Yolok takes that as uh, his cue to sneak around the other side and sort of uh, work his way through the shadows uh, and scope out what's going on. Okay, so um, at this mo- uh, at this point, let's go ahead and get a covert uh, create advantage roll for you to okay. set up a uh, hidden shadow hidden in shadows. Okay, that's a two total. Okay, that one on will, the dice, one covert. That is a so standard difficulty two. That would be a tie. So you can either get the aspect with no invokes. Or we can negotiate a cost. Uh, I'll take the aspect with no invokes. Okay, that feels like a good solution here. So, Yolok slips around the, the, the large elevator column and has a brief moment where he has to dash from there to the, uh, to the, the darkness on the, 
on the uh, far side of the nave. And with the distraction, it's, uh, he, he makes a, a move across no one sees because he's also beneath notice. And no one sees a slippery kobold jumping into the shadows. So you are on the far side of the hallway. Uh, every so often there are large pillars that rise all the way up to the ceiling. And then in between each of those pillars is a large statue. The pillars are probably in the realm of 30-ish feet tall. The statues are in the realm of maybe 10 to varying 10 to 20 feet tall. The, the statues are a variety of usually humanoid statues, kings, queens, warriors, um, things like that. So you are moving, moving from pillar to statue to pillar to statue, alternating. Do I see Mesh Kennet yet? You do. So Rising Sun is currently slamming his way through the guards that were out in the in the open area who quickly tried to jump on him when he made his his uh his challenge and he's just slamming them side to side he's swinging he he's swinging the halberd in wide swaths either hacking people apart or just knocking them over like bowling pins um and occasionally just pouncing and stomping and basically making a mess of things midway down the hallway you see Mesh Kennet, ringed by her were tiger entourage. Um, they don't, there don't seem to be as many of them as there were before, but there's still several of them. And she pauses for a moment and she's looking at Rising Sun thoughtfully. And then she shrugs and wafts a hand forward. Go! And Half a dozen were-tigers stalk their way forward, pulling out a variety of weapons. One pulls out a uh, a long two-handed sword. Another one pulls out a pair uh, a pair of wands from bracers on each side as they crackle with energy. Um, another is starts swirling a pair of uh, of of nunchucks whipping them around in a flourish and they all start advancing on rising sun and then they roar and he roars <laughs> and they go wild and there is a absolute brawl breaking out in the center of the hallway as he charges and crashes into the group of them and you see bursts of energy you hear him howling you hear them uh, hissing in uh, in uh, in roars of cat pain, and uh, you see Mesh Kennet standing a good fifteen feet from anyone else as she just walks forward slowly, watching the violence with a smile on her covered face. Uh <clears throat> so. Is is this uh, is this brawl looking like a foregone conclusion that Rising Sun will lose yes. and die? It's just a question of how long he can hold out. Yes. Okay. Uh, but he's he's putting up a good a good fight for now. 
he is putting up an excellent fight for now. The uh, okay. the one with the nun with the nunchucks leaps on him and slams him across the leg, and his le- he his leg buckles for a moment, and then he tries to come down with an overhead chop, which Rising Sun grabs the flail, rips it out of his hand. His other hand blasts up with uh and with uh, grabbing the the were tiger by his throat, and he slams him down into the ground, and then another one leaps on his back, and he's making a really excellent showing of himself but there are six ish of them yeah and one of him oh this isn't fair rising sun okay how far away is mesh kennet from yolok she is about she is about 20 feet laterally you have a pillar and a statue with the position, with the walking up that she's doing, you see, uh, it's a, it's a, you, you can kind of, uh, scope the lead and the pill, the, uh, sorry, you can scope the lead and the statue seems like the place you would want to be behind when she, by the time she would cross its path. Based okay. on if, assuming she keeps walking and you, you know how fast you would move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I want to position myself such that at some point in the immediate future, I will be able to move and attack her. So, you start moving forward, and you get to the base of the statue. Uh Uh-huh. And suddenly... As you, as you press yourself up against the statue for cover, there's a brief moment where the world around you disappears and you are falling through a black pit. And all along the sides of you are ghostly faces coming out, screaming at you as you fall past them. And... You look below you and you see yourself falling towards what looks like an enormous face. And you saw this face on various statues in the Temple of Thoth Hermes again and again and again. And its mouth just smiles and opens up. And then suddenly you're back at the statue. Oh, okay. Uh, how is, is, is Mesh Kennet still there? She is. You have okay. no idea how much time has passed, but based on where she is now, you think you maybe disappeared for maybe three seconds in your mind. Okay. I don't want to delay. You I... also look down and you realize that somehow throughout that, you've dropped your Marodi dagger and you are holding the king killer. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, uh, The green blade is humming in your hand. Almost throbbing. Yeah, I, I want to... I want to walk up to Mesh Kennet. I don't want to run. I don't want to... I don't want to be visible in the corner of an eye. Uh, so, like, I want to be behind where her, like, peripheral vision would be and walk up, not run up, don't arouse suspicion, 
and get as close as I can. So I'm going to uh, give you a suggestion. Yeah. The best way to do that is from the top of the statue. Okay. Uh, and do a jump kind of thing? Is that what you're saying? Totally. Oh, man. Okay. Well, maybe you can Ariel tell him. I was going to say, would you, the, 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 uh, the, uh, the dagger thinks that would be a really excellent. Oh, well, if I'm being driven by the king killer and this gets me a fate point, then sign me up. Okay. So. So I climb up on top of the statue and. So you, you are. I want to climb up on top of the statue and get a perch. So you are able to go ahead and, uh. Go ahead and give me a fast roll. Fast? That's what I'm talking about. Good deal. Four. Easy. Okay, difficulty two. So clean success. So you scramble your way up uh, across the uh, up the legs, gripping onto the folds of the robe. You uh, you realize as you reach the top that you're climbing the statue of a priest of Aniwakma. And you perch yourself on his arm, the on the shoulder of an outstretched arm that goes out to a staff that it's holding. And you look down, and Meshkena is walking right underneath and ahead of where you are. As soon as she's underneath, I want to drop down and stab her directly through her head. Okay, so this is a big deal. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So this is kind of an all or nothing move. Yeah. (laughs) What's her power level again? Like uh, the vampire lord was Paragon. She would be an epic character. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. The the flying leap is uh we're going to take that as 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 a uh, fine. We're not going to we're not going to worry about that. The big question here is the uh continuing to make sure she does not see you coming. This is about getting the drop. Yeah. So, this should be with Covert. (sighs) Okay. Okay. And her, uh, her defense right out of the gate is a four plus her epic scale. What does that mean? What is her epic scale? So... Normally, that would give her a plus three. So. (laughs) So it's a seven? It's a seven. Uh, can I actually get this? (laughs) Uh. How many fate points do you have? I can, I can't, this is doable this is doable (laughs) 
Uh, okay. Does he okay. get any boost so, from the King Killer because it is calling him so much? Well, that was hold, hold that, that was the. I'm sorry. Hold that thought. Yeah. So I felt like that in taking the suggestion. Uh, I imagine that the complication associated with that fate point that I just received is uh, coming. Uh, <laughs> or maybe maybe our DM forgot about that. I don't nope. know. Nope. Uh, so I can make this. My covert is a one. Oh, so wow. if if I have to get a seven, uh, this this is going to be very tricky um how about you go ahead and roll and we'll we'll see where it goes okay i have a plus one on the dice so that is let's see covert plus one is two now I can use Lightning Wits, which allows me once per scene to uh, add a free invoke to an existing aspect, such as Hidden in the Shadows. Yep, yep, that So th that takes the two to a four. Yep. And then I can spend all my fate points and take that four to an eight. Which that beats the seven. It. Okay. But I still have not <laughs> done any... Like, that is literally just a drop. Like, that's it. Yep. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm starting do you to have, this. Do you have enough aspects to invoke however many fate points it takes to bump you up? Because you can't use the same aspect twice. Uh. Okay, yeah. So, uh, one is hidden. Uh, hidden in Shadows. That's uh, my first invoke. My second invoke is Driven by King Killer, yep. uh, which is the one that's inspiring me to do crazy stuff. And my third one is Complete Dedication to the Mistresses. Uh, with, so I'm going through all of this to buy you time up on the elevator. All right. That works. Uh, however... Yeah. I'm going to spend one of my GM fate points. Yeah. And that brings her to a nine. Oh. Okay. Oh, beans. I, I think I have... I think I have nothing. Like, I genuinely don't think there's anything I can do uh, to beat that so let let me actually before let me actually hold that roll? thought. He he rolled. Let me before I pay the fake point. Let me do her. Let me do her roll. Oh, rats! <laughs> Ooh, I just rolled a negative three on the dice. <gasps> so good. Okay. So okay. that actually brings her to a four. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I am so sorry. I should have done that Ooh. before you started piling on all your fate points. Well, that that's fine. So, I mean, like, 
Look, here's the so thing. So I'm a four. I want to – yeah, you're at four. I'm sitting – the first ones I invoke are covert. Roll brings me a two. Add lightning wits brings me to four. Invoke driven by the king killer to bring me to six to actually achieve what I wanted to do. Okay. So now she is spending one of her fate – or I'm spending one of my GM fate points to invoke her aspect of – of uh, ancient god queen, um, sweet, <laughs> her no high concept, and that puts us at a tie. Okay, so now I will spend my last fate point, which is complete dedication to the mistresses. The whole reason I'm doing this is to buy them time uh, and uh, and try to help them on their mission. So that brings me from a six to an eight. Okay, so I like it. So here is I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to narrate this for a second. So, you come leaping out of the uh, off the statue. And at the very last second, she looks up, she looks up and her hand shoots out with lightning speed and grabs you on your chest out of and she's very surprised. Quick reaction. And she's trying to, like, wave you away, but she's not enormous. She's bigger than you, but she's not enormous, so you are close. And you feel the, you, uh, you feel the dagger, and in the flailing, you're able to whip yourself forward and bring that dagger up into her chin. Now, in that moment, Things go dark again. So, as you swing the dagger up, everything goes real slow for a second. The dark green blade turns black. Almost as if the blade itself disappeared. Almost as if the world in the space of the blade disappears like a dark, deep, void. And in the moment before it impacts with Meshkenet, Yolok is again back in the tunnel, falling down towards the giant golden glowing face of a smiling, grinning, laughing Thoth Hermes. And he opens his mouth and Yolok feels himself about to fall in and he is back in Meshkenet's arms. And the dagger slams up into her head. So now, something happens. There is tendrils of bl inky black nothingness whip out from around the dagger and start wrapping around Meshkenet. And you see one of her hands as she's uh, flailing, one of her hands, the ring on her hand explodes and a little shard of green energy flies out and is sucked into the dagger. And something feels very, very wrong. You feel a vacuum 
into the dagger. And in the dagger, you hear Meshkenet's voice screaming in your ears. And you feel the dagger sucking out, reaching for the rest of her. But she's not there. The thing that busted out of her ring is the only thing there. And still the dagger is sucking. And it needs to suck more. And you feel it now reach for the only other thing nearby. <gasps> which is you. So, Brendan, Yolok has a choice. Right now, you have a choice. You can either... You can either fail and tear the dagger out and throw it away and Meshkenet's soul will return to her, her soul fragment will return to her body. Or you can take an extreme consequence and relabel one of your own aspects as Meshkenet, uh, in the void with Meshkenet. And we will continue from there. I mean, I, I have to take the second option. I have to. There's no choice. And, yeah, I have to. Okay. All right. So. So which aspect is it taking over? Yeah, so do I get to choose? You get to you choose get to anything choose? except your, um, anything except your, uh, actually, no, it could even be your trouble. Yeah, it could be your trouble. Sounds pretty troublesome to me. That's how yeah. I would, uh, have some complications. Really, it can be well, the trouble still. It can be any aspect. You are permanently replacing wow. one of your personal aspects with the new aspect. So, I um, I think it's going to replace um, oof. <laughs> I think it's going to replace um, an eye for antiques. Okay. Um, and here, here's my reasoning. I don't think that, you know, once, once part of your soul's been drained, you know, you might start losing interest in things in the material world a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, man. So. <laughs> okay. So what did what did you say that this is called? In the void with Mesh Kennet. Oh, man. So okay, your so you feel the the soul sucking power of the dagger, demanding the balance of a complete soul, that it only got a sliver of Mesh Kennet's because she only has part of her soul with her. The who knows where the rest is. Like Horcruxes throughout the pyramid. Or like the legend of Osiris. 
and <laughs> and it finds its balance in you and you feel a just like a green soul energy of hers flew into the dagger and just like um nikumba tried to absorb your essence earlier you feel or, or you can see a significant portion of green energy flying out of you into the black void of the blade and you Meshkenet's arm holding you goes limp and drops you to the ground and you both fall apart. You're holding the dagger and her body crumbles. The headdress, the enormous gold headdress that she's been wearing every time you've seen her falls to the ground and the the wraps or that were elegantly uh or the 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 wraps that were pristinely wrapped around her body, fall apart as the physical form underneath just crumbles to dust. And the jewels and the bracelets and the gold all clatter on the ground. And Yolak is lying on his back and the hall is silent. And at this moment, Eleanor and Mira, and their group of sad souls Prison break. come down on the elevator, and all of you see Mesh Kennet's he- uh, headdress clatter to the floor, Yolok falling on his back, tendrils of black void flying around the dagger in his hand, clutching it tight as he lays on the ground. And you see three last standing were tigers over the body of Rising Sun, and they all are just beat. And everyone in the hall is just stunned watching what just happened while the ele- while the elevator lowers down. And it sets into place at the ground level with a <laughs> and nobody moves. Including us, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> Yolok, on your back, you are down in the void, and you are swirling around with a bunch of other faces, and you see a Slender woman with a shaved head and a series of elegant tattoos crisscrossing down around her arm. And she's just smiling at you as she then drifts away. And then Gabrielle's face dashes across and she looks at you extremely confused. And then you find yourself face to face with Mesh Kennet. Except for she looks small. She looks very faint, except for her face. Her face is full and fleshed out, and then the whole rest of her form is very wispy beneath it, and she just smiles and cackles at you as she then whiffs, uh, she 
whirls away into the void and she looks like she is searching for something. And then you come back to your body, lying on the floor of the temple, holding the king killer in your dagger, and its blade has returned to the emerald green of before. <coughs> Who's next? <laughs> he gingerly takes the dagger and sort of stumbles up and uh, holds it sort of out kind of like to the side and tries to look menacing at the were-tigers. The three of them are just looking at you in utter stunned silence. The three of them are one with a long, long double-handed sword, one that has the two wands, and a third carrying a staff. But they don't move, and they just watch. None of them seem to know what to do. You see, you now see the mistresses behind the were tigers on the elevator that is now at ground level. There's nothing left to defend here. I'm going to give you one chance to escape with your lives. And you have to choose now. Go ahead and make a bold roll, please. <laughs> Boosts from the friends would uh, really go a long way here. Yeah. Uh, zero. <laughs> we got a zero on the dice and a zero on paper. So. All right. We have the invoke of prison break because there's all those people standing with us. Yes, there are. So the uh, the the were tigers look behind you. Let's use that. That feels good. They look behind you and they see your crowd. They see the mistresses. They see. They look back to Yolok, and they all seem to decide that this is not worth it. And they step aside. They move over to one side, and. They look ready to defend themselves if anyone does something, but you all have a clear path out of here. Oh, let's take it. So, Mira's looking around. Uh, Eleanor's out. So, I, I'm, I'm looking at Tom and I'm looking at all these people, and I see this, the, the state of let's say that Eleanor came to on the way down the elevator. Okay, so I I'm not. You're, you're not, not unconscious. But you see oh, okay. this. Oh, okay. I, okay. I feel like that, that makes feels things like... a whole lot Yeah, I'm like, is she <laughs> carrying both of us yeah. on her shoulders? Tomlin, yes. Eleanor, no. And okay. yes, I'm aware also that that was a fair bit of time dilation between what went on upstairs and went on downstairs. But we're just gonna call it good, okay? 
I think it's fine. It feels better this way. So, still, I mean, I'm looking at the, you know, I'm looking at the state of things, and I'm looking at the the state of Miss Kenneth's remains, and I, I, I see the exit. We got what we came for, and and we're outski, but I I feel compelled, not as a trophy, but almost like proof. Like how Dorothy had to take the witch's broom to prove to Oz the, you know, Wicked Witch is really dead. I feel like I need to take something of Mish Kenneth's with us uh, so that mm. should we encounter That's a, good a idea. god king or somebody else. But I'm deciding if I need to, if I want to take her like six a headdress collar yes. or something more like subtle that I could pocket. Let's take her headdress and we can like dismantle it if we want. How boring if you're going to take the headdress. Wear the damn headdress. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that feels arrogant, though, because I didn't kill her. But I'm mad. I really want to wear it. Okay, but so Yolok sees uh, Eleanor kind of... Uh, uh, sorry, Yolok sees Mira glancing at sort of the remains and um, the fancy garb uh, as as everyone's kind of processing towards the entrance and he sort of looks down at the headdress and kicks it over towards Eleanor and Mira as if to give, you know, permission. Okay, so there's a lot of cargo. Um, Okay, so Eleanor's walking under her own power. If you're not going to take it, I will take it. But you have to. Oh, I'm taking it. I'm deciding if I'm going to wear it or if I'm going to carry it. Oh, no. On the head. She definitely, she considers it. She's not going to put it on. Um, But but she is going, so she grabs the headdress, sort of slings it over her elbow because she's shouldering. Uh, Tomlin on the other end, but when she reaches up to grab it, she does slide on a ring and a bracelet. Can Eleanor grab some stuff too? Sure. You always loot the corpse, guys. Come on. <laughs> Eleanor's a little out of it, but she sees Mira getting the shiny things and she's just like, yes. As you guys start we looting the corpse, the three were tigers. Uh oh. They growl and they start coming at you. They start walking toward down, walking down the way towards you. Mm, I'm gonna you take stop. my whip and I want to crack it. Okay, give me a bold roll. Uh, that'd be a plus one. Okay, that is not good enough. You need at least a three. You guys are looting their mistress's body right in front of them when they gave you safe passage. Okay. Mira took the headdress, so <laughs> take the roll. All right. So my rolling bowl for hey, the loot. Hold on. Time out. Time out. Just so you guys remember, when those dice hit the table, like, if you don't make the, the roll, there are consequences. So be careful, because... I have zero fate points. I cannot help anymore. I I've got two. Done so. 
Okay. I've got two as well. Okay. Ellen, okay. Eleanor is the one making the intimidating action. Okay, fine. I'll pay a fate point. Okay. What? And I'm gonna do um, lady on a mission. All right, I'll take that. That'll be. Yeah. And that'll give me plus two, which will give me a three. Yeah. All right. Now we're good. They. They growl and they no more. Take the headdress and call it good. Okay. Oh, now on principle, now it's an insult. Now on principle, I want to, I want to slip a ring. Wait, we can't take the other stuff. They're say that that's what they're they're saying. You tied. Take the headdress. Do you really want to fight over it? No, I'm good. No, I and in my sort of behind the scenes mind, my player mind is. There's wait, more cruxes in them, Glory, and I'm not wait. sure I want to carry those around. I do. I'm going, because we've just had this big encounter with Darius, I'm going to take a box of Thirsty and give myself a plus two and hiss at these were-tigers as I scoop up some more things. Oh. So yeah. Me, yeah. So that'll give me a plus five. All right, so you're going to do a vampiric, uh, a show of vampiric intimidation, basically? Yes. Yeah, All right, I, I will think that's totally, very fitting. Uh, that is very fitting. I am down Heck with that. Yeah. Okay, now, and you know they've yes. been sitting in those board meetings with Darius Obliviat up at the table. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that will do the trick. That is good enough. I'll take it. Okay. Okay. They, uh, they back, they, they, they sort of stutter backwards and let you guys take the stuff. Good. Nice. Okay. And we walk out of the pyramid. So you turn and you exit the pyramid. Through the front doors. <laughs> As you're exiting, there's a little rumble, and you remember that the whole building is like critically damaged deep in the foundations from the explosion that Mira created. And you walk out into a war ground. You walk out, and there are so many dead cats and cat folk. And there are fires in the immediate vicinity. There's a burning carriage off to the left. There is the body of Thorn, the, the lieutenant that you killed in war and uh, glamored yourself as the whole time. He's no longer flaming. You pass by his body. Good news is that Tata is gone. He's not here. You know, you remember where you saw him last, and he is not there. There are lots of bodies. There are also lots of bodies of the dead. There are some were-tigers out there. But there are a lot of dead cats and cat folk. You hear a, 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 a moaning lion off to the side that you, as you walk past. And you head out into a city that is in utter chaos in the night. And the, the full moon glows down from up above. I think we need to get back to the flood ASAP. Yeah, I agree. 
I, I think that, you know, the, the battle has been fought and there will be time to mourn the dead and tend the wounded, but we need to get sort of everyone to well, safety. We need to get into water. Darius is not defeated. Yes. Yes. Do you hop on your carpet and fly out over the water? Do we have our carpet with us? Didn't you use it to get here? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say, presumably, it's always... Yeah, uh, it's but part of you, yeah, it's in your okay. You used it to get Four here. of us. There's four people. Ooh, that's a very <clears> good point, actually. It cannot carry You've all You've said that you. we could, like... It can do two. Three is, like, very slow, and it's, like, very yeah, low. Yeah, the three of you with Yolok, like, it's really hard to do. It definitely cannot it carry Tomlin. So we have to not. walk back. Or split the party. No, Okay. Yeah, we gotta go. We're just, I mean, we're gonna hoof it. Okay. Find some kind of, you know, maybe speedy mount, if we can, along the way. But, like, if we come across some, you know, tied up mounts. You know, can I just glamorous? Or maybe veil us? You can veil. I'd like to veil, veil the group. all so, four of us. Veiling four of you, that's going Ooh. to be, veiling four bodies is a five. Oh, uh, yikes. I got zero on the dice, which gives and me a three. I'll stick with, th- actually, I'll stick with four. I'll stick with th- three versus four isn't that big of a, isn't much of a difference. Okay, well, I've got zero on the dice, and I've got, so that gives me a three. Um, I could do my last fate point and bump it to a five if we want to be invisible, but that's my last fate point. How do your thirsty boxes clear again? You have to... Thirst, thirsty isn't relevant here. Oh, that's right, because that's not like a attacking kind no, of thing. It's it's yeah. Her signature. You guys think you want to be invisible that badly? I so, mean, why, did, why do we need to be invisible right now? Because Darius could turn into a bat and fly out that top window any moment he wants and chase us down. Until we get to the water. So you've cast the spell. At this point, your options are... Oh. (laughs) Okay, either fate point to succeed, and that will give you a clean success. Um, Wild magic event? Wild magic event and don't get the result. Or take, take stress for a the failure that brings you up to a tie, which would give you the aspect, but no invokes. So I have an I have an exhausted and a moderate consequence. You do. Um, Those are still in place. <sighs> we are in a new scene. I know, so I cleared so my stress. So stress clears. Yeah, you know, I'm going to take the stress, and we're going to get, it's going to be a success, but no invokes. Okay. All right. So does that mean that we are invisible? Yes. So we are now in, for clarity, we are in a new scene. Anyone else who has stress would clear it. Conditions do not clear. Um, and at this point, things, uh, things that were lasting a scene start wearing off. So notably, you are no longer glamored. Oh, that's gone. That's been gone. That's for, long that, gone. Um, Tiffany, Mira's potions wear off. You are no longer strong and fast. Okay? Got it. 
think those are the only kind of yeah. scene it scene length things yeah. in play. Okay, so if I have a three, um, how much stress do I take? Uh, you would take one. one? Okay, one I'll take that. I think yeah. that's fair. And okay, so you you it is it's a struggle to glamour everybody. We are able to make it happen. It's a little weak, and you have to keep everyone kind of tight against you as you move through the city, but you're able to do it. Did our prison break party just sort of scatter into the They night? all, yeah, they ex exactly. They all. I, I hope so, because we cannot stay responsible for them. <laughs> nope. Um, we actually freed people, guys. You did. You did. Hey. They actually worked. You did something very good there. You also did some really awful stuff for the catfolk population of this city. But. Point of order! We tried long ago to avoid the carnage, or at least unwilling carnage. <laughs> Let the record state. We did? Well, I thought that we got Henna to use the Grimalkin eye. No, I, I'm just trying to clear Mira's conscience. <laughs> he tried to avoid Mira, Mira's reminding us that she knew that was a bad idea from oh, the beginning. Oh, yes. But. It happened anyway. Alright, so you run off into the night, into the streets. So, sure enough, you feel Darius coming towards you in a vague, in a vague direction. At this distance, it's all vague directions. Um, so, we are now in a pursuit. Oh no. Okay. So, you have a lead and you are elute, you are glamoured. Okay. Okay. Um, but until you get to water, he is pursuing you. You are currently on the east side of the big brown pyramid at twenty six. So that looks like we're gonna have to go straight through the hunt to get to the flood. So you have options. You have a short route through of uh, the shortest, most direct route on foot is through the hunt. You have you could do a longer, safer way, but it's a lot longer to go up and around through the hyena district. Or down south through the monument district, but that turns into a and uh so you've got kind of we two different long routes, or you could do a risky route that's very short, cutting right around the pyramid, like not not actually heading into the hunt. That's the like staying closest to the pyramid. Can I ask a uh, clarifying question here? Yes. Why do we have to get to the flood specifically? Well, that's where one the shadows of blood have their hideaway, and that's where we've been staying. Two, that's in the water, and vampires can't track people in the water. So, realistically, anywhere in the water works, right? Yeah, but the flood is like our like our home base in Purvisdet. If we book it straight across the Endless Bazaar, if we head immediately west and and just book it, and then, like, try to find a like a rowboat or something. Sure. Would yeah. That do you? Sure. Okay. Kind of yeah, row think... our way up the the bay. Yeah. Okay. 
So this, since you're going, if you want to go that route, that is your, that is a risky, but shortest route, which is going to, uh, mean you have a, you have a, this challenge is a lot, it's going to be higher difficulty, but it's going to be a lot short, shorter. So you have a, a lot less so, chances for things to go wrong. So less rolls, but harder rolls. Correct. I was going to say, the difficulty and numbers we have to reach with the same dice are going to be higher versus more lower dice rolls. But if you go a longer route, that gives a, a lot more chances for him to catch up to you. Yeah, I, so you I think a, you I'm taking a first this mover initiative here for your I, I think we got to do the short. I mean, we're so low on fate points that we just... We just have to. Yeah, and if we yep. compel my thing to get fate points, bad things are going to happen. So I don't think we should compel me. We could. Yeah, if if we compel, if basically if we compel anyone at this point, we're at really nasty. Yeah. Yeah, really nasty consequences from which recovery is very very difficult. Okay, let's go short route. Okay. Let's book it to the pier. Okay, for this, I need. One roll from each of you. Difficulty three. And things to, and this is an open challenge in that you can narrate what is something you are doing to help you all achieve this goal of making a loop back right near, quite near the, the, the area of the pyramid. You can either use the, the open space that you can just book it around the pyramid. You can use the the neighborhoods directly adjacent to it. You can take a variety of approaches, but it's. Uh, I need to hear. I need you to tell us what you are doing, and uh, you have a fair bit of latitude here to declare. You know things that are present in the space. You know, seeing what you see on the the map for general geography. What time of day is this? I thought it was nighttime, wasn't it? It was nighttime like when we the, started fighting. Yeah, yes, the, it is. It is depth of night right now. Um, okay, so there, there's not a lot of people on the streets. No, the people who are out on the streets right now are all related to the havoc of the night, or people taking advantage of the chaos, like looters um but there's a as there's still a lot of activity going on around from the uh from the from the cat mob earlier oh one detail i forgot to mention earlier as you came out and saw all the cat carnage is there is a uh many of the bodies in the area directly outside the temple are either withered and shrunken like ne by necromantic magic or absolutely fried from like big blasts of flame um that is probably from when mesh kennet went out personally Oof. that's yeah that's bad so you can all see the map and you are you need to make your way around. You can go either, you know, north or south, and you need to make your way back over that bridge. Or potentially across the water. I don't think Yolok has any idea where they need to go right now. Like, mm. he walked out of the temple and he's looking at the carnage. He 
has no way he has no way of knowing that they're under any sort of time crunch. That's like true. no one has told him anything about Darius Obliviat. Oh my god. Like, <laughs> oh that's true. So so he really is just clueless. He's just looking out and seeing the carnage. So until someone informs him of what he needs to do, uh, he's got nothing. And, and I don't think Mira actually fully understands the like the the dynamic of of being pursued by Darius either. So Eleanor, I think the ball is in your court. I don't know if Eleanor quite understand. I don't know if any of us quite understand. I I, I think I will say I I from the previous interaction, Eleanor. Okay. Has yes. the sense a Eleanor knows that she has the feeling of pursuit. Yeah. Okay. And you had the experience earlier of losing him over the water, so you have that general sense of we of right escape means the water. So I think let's put you in the lead of you move first. Okay. So we're outside. We're looking around. Um. Mira, Yolak, we have to go. We have to go quickly. I can feel him. Um. I can feel him on the move, and he's coming for us right now. We need to get to water. He cannot find us in the water. So we must get to the water as quickly as possible. And I am going to be using, you know, I'm willing to take another box of Thirsty to use my vampiric senses to um be able to one see in the dark really well and to anticipate where things are where people are and move fast okay that works go ahead and give me a uh give me a fast roll with that bonus and you can also get uh add heroic scale to that too two four six oh that is an eight Yay! That's wait really quick. Two, four, six. It was. Yeah. Her heroic scale gives you a one. Oh. Okay, so it's a seven. Okay, cool. Still. Sorry. Excellent. That's a success with style. Yes. Okay. So, um, how about uh, now that Elton, now that Mira is able, to, is getting uh now that Mira's potions wore off. She's can't carry Tomlin anymore. Oh, so do I get to carry Tomlin how now? You, how about you take over <laughs> carrying Tomlin with that? I, well, she doesn't necessarily have to do that. The, the reason I took the strength potion was because I couldn't carry Tomlin and Eleanor at the same time. I mean, I can, I mean, I'm a person and I could shoulder somebody who can kind of walk a little bit. And Tomlin so... cannot kind of walk right now, particularly. Oh, at all. He's pretty useless. Can we put Tomlin on the carpet? Yes, you could. You know, let, let's put Tomlin idea. and Yolok both on the carpet so we can move fast. Uh, I can move very fast. Oh, fast okay. Is, fast is the thing I can do. Okay. But I don't have play points, so, like, you know, if you do want to just put me on the carpet, I'm I'm okay with that. Fast is my three, is what I'm saying. Ah. How about we put Mira and Tomlin? Mira can hold Tomlin kind of like steady on the carpet. And Eleanor and Yolok yeah. will kind of, maybe I'll go in front, Yolok, you take the back, and we just like go for it. Okay. So you that is a successful style. That will actually count as two successes. Sweet. Okay. You guys need three. So she may have just let somebody off the hook. 
Nice. Okay. Just so you guys know, I only have two more boxes of Thirsty. Yeah. Oh my. About that. I know. I know you're going to invoke that. I know that's why you were happy to let me do that. But I just want everyone to know, two more boxes and bad things happen. Okay. And I'm at moderate consequences. Yeah, we got to get to the flow. We got to get back to our friends real yeah. quick. Okay, so you are making it around, you've made it around the, uh, the, uh, um, around the perimeter of the temple, and you are now headed towards the bridge over the first bit of, over the bit of river. Okay. So it's over to either Yolok or Mira to contribute next. So, what, so we're over the bridge over no, the you river? you are to the, you are approaching the bridge. So. You could cross the okay. bridge, you could do something with the river, you are coming upon the bridge is your next kind of course of action. So when I was scoping out the pyramid many, many uh sessions ago, sure. I I entered through this side, through the west side of the pyramid. Um and so I think that uh now now that Yolok has this sense of we've got to go and uh and we're trying to go west as fast as we can um i think yolok kind of knows the sort of the best way to go here on the west side he investigated this area very explicitly so i think you know he can give a sort of follow me and run ahead so that feels like a clever no, it feels like fast. That does not feel like <laughs> fast to me at all. No, no, no. He runs ahead really quickly. Right? He runs ahead like super fast. <laughs> and what okay. does running ahead contribute to the solution? Yeah, 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 yeah. So clever. I, I can. All right. Cle clever sounds good. So uh, what, what do I have to beat here? Difficulty two. No, wait, okay, sorry, it was a... difficulty three. Sorry, three. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I have minus one on the dice and a clever of two, so that puts me at a one. Ooh. Okay. So. I, I have no fate points to spend. Um... What if... Uh, so that could count as a fail. So options. We could negotiate a intense, co a severe cost, or we could count that as a fail. Okay, so... Can, can I... Uh, get an aspect compelled to spend that fate point immediately? Generally not, but I'm listening. Okay, so... Uh, Alternately, I, that I could feel... just be that. That's kind of an, an... I guess that's another way of just negotiating the cost. Yeah, so I mean, when you say severe... Are you, you're talking about my severe condition? No, 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 no. But, no, sorry, um, as a... Uh, sorry, bad, bad choice of word. Um, but a a con uh, a condition or equivalent is is kind of okay well what i'm what i'm thinking is here. that this is this is such a cool like time to try and get a use out of getting in is no problem but getting out 
is like we are literally trying to get out and it's not easy it's a problem so what so, is the extra complication that is creating in the situation that is worthy of the cost uh i don't know i mean the what would the complication be i don't know i feel like that's uh that's your wheelhouse <laughs> I'm even like I'm okay, you know, failing the role and doing a compel if that's if that's the way to tackle it. But. I, I I think of it more of a it's really just a way to negotiate the the cost of the success as uh in an appropriate direction. Okay. Um, so in that case, um, trying to think of something that feels like the right kind of complication or condition how about you guys run headlong into a group of uh of as you're heading towards the bridge <clears throat> there is a troop of the dead guards coming back this way from their oh, peacekeeping yeah. patrol that is a uh, a new thing you now have to deal with wait peacekeeping dead they were out Maybe. dealing with the the uh the oh. big mobs. Oh. So so there is so sorry, can can you clarify for me? Did are we counting that as a success or a failure or a failure and a compel or like what are, what are we got what is the result of all of this? I mean can what I if help? I just fail? What if I can just I fail? Help? I was gonna I was gonna say actually the oftentimes you when when there's a fail you just introduce a complication into the challenge. And that provides context for the next person trying to do something okay. in the thing. So let's just let's just proceed with that. Okay. Um, okay. So summing that all up, we're gonna fail the. This will that will be a failure in the challenge. The comp the ensuing complication is that there's a squad of dead um, on the bridge that you are headed towards as your main. Uh, on as your main route, so you could go through them. You could try to get around them somehow, deal with them in any variety of ways. But they are now directly in front of you as a thing that needs to be dealt with. And it is now over to Mira on the carpet with Tom. Wait, aren't we uh, veiled? You are veiled. They are still physically in your way. Are they moving? They are. So could we just like pull over to the side, let them go past, and then keep going? That would be a covert solution to the problem. That is not an automatic success. Okay. Who's the best at covert? I've got a plus two. So, so would I uh, have to it, introduce here's that the idea thing. to the group? It's it my is turn? Mira's move right now. Oh, okay. Mira has to deal with the situation at hand. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, if they're just sort of on patrol, letting them pass would be the most simple thing. Um, if they're coming towards the pyramid, my first thought is to just, like, throw a pebble in the river and just, like, make them go, whoa, what was that? And, like, go the other way. But I don't want them to go in the direction we're going. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think I'm just going to – I've got some pain points. I'm just going to roll covert for all of us. So I – Okay. But what I am going to suggest is that – we take the carpet up high enough to let them pass underneath so that we're sort of out of the fray and that 
Eleanor and Yolak, the swift ones mm -hmm. among the group, stay off to the side. So mm -hmm. if they need to duck, dive, or dodge, they can roll it fast. Okay, go oh, ahead and give us, a, give us a covert. That makes good sense how you're approaching it. It's only a one. But I'm happy to pay a fate point to make a three. So you can do that. How about invoking the uh, the aspect of the carpet? Yeah. Okay. So the way, so um, Ele uh, Eleanor and Yola um, being veiled are easily able to kind of just tuck themselves off to the side. Um, and Mira uh, lifts, uh, gently lifts the carpet up in the air. So the, the squad marches below you without any issues. Perfect. So you are now onto the bridge, and you need one more success to close this thing out. So you could do something involving the river. You could pass, continue moving on through the uh, through the uh, the the bazaar. And Eleanor, you feel Darius starting to come after you. You feel that presence. And as you are moving into the bazaar, even at this time of night, there are still people there. Whereas there, the, the streets have been largely empty prior to now. But in the bazaar, there are quite a few people still out and about. And suddenly you become extremely aware of your, um, of your hunger. And the fact that you've been pushing yourself hard recently. And I'm going to compel venom in your veins that you uh, that you need to resist a mental urge to go go feed. Okay. Do I get a fate point? You get a fate point. So I'm giving you the fate point. But you now need to make a focus roll difficulty two. And if you fail, then you have to, go, then, then you go off to feed. A focus roll? Yes. Oh no, don't focus. I don't focus, guys. No, you don't. Willpower like is not. Like a zero focus? Too. Like a zero focus. Oh, nuts. Ooh! That's a two that's on the a dice. Two on the dice. So that's yeah, a tie. Baby. That's what we need. And I have a fate point. And you have a fate. And point. I am a lady on a mission. We've got to get back to the flood. And I can feel Darius getting closer. So I'm going to pay. Okay. Point. All right. That is uh, worth so avoiding. You don't want to tie on this. Yeah. It's not worth it. Okay. okay. All right. So, so you are. Tell us what happens as you uh, as you pass through the bazaar and you. You start becoming intensely aware of all of the heartbeats and the pulsing veins because you're you pumped your senses up. Yeah, I feel like we're moving through, and it's sort of like in the movie when you see when people are kind of going through this, and there's like a zoom in on like someone's neck, and you just see a boom, 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 <laughs> boom, 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 and then like she like looks, and there's like another person, and there's like a nice vein in their arm, just kind of boom, 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 boom. And she is so thirsty. Like, she is oh, hungry. Oh, no. So hungry. But 
She can also feel Darius coming. She can feel that urgency of like, we have to go. So for like almost a second, she entertains the idea of like, oh, I could just, I could just go over there and real quick. But she has the mental fortitude at the moment to push through and to stay, to stay on the mission to get to the flood. Mira and Yolok, you see her, like, she is vamped up right now in a way that you really haven't seen. And as she is, like, calming herself, you see the tattoos that she's, that she received from the Shadows of Blood glowing red. As she brings herself back into focus. So, Yolok hasn't seen this, but um, Eleanor has kind of a collar, and you see, it's sort of, um... So, so her clothes go up to like where a crew neck collar would be, but then these tattoos extend up onto her neck, almost like a turtleneck kind of an idea. Um, and they're usually this black that you'd see sort of like a single needle tattoo style. Um, but now, yeah, they're glowing red as she uses them to um, subdue her urges. All right, mm. so Eleanor is not able, is not, is out of the running to do the next solution to the challenge. Oh. So Mira, uh, so Eleanor, you can pick Yolok or Mira to be the the <laughs> next one. What is, what? what's the challenge? So you guys <laughs> are still, that? you are still in the, no, you guys, you guys get to choose that. Um, uh, you are now in the bazaar. And so, you know, Yolok is fast and beneath notice, and he's in front right now. So I'm going to say let's pass it to Yolok to kind of help us navigate. Okay. Yolok also has no fate points. Yeah, oh. no worries. Uh-oh. I got this. All right. Uh, I want to um, dash ahead and find a uh, a boat. So, so basically, uh, ju- just start building some distance sure. between between all of us and wave them over when I find a suitable uh, thing for us to escape it. That sounds like fast. So, if we're veiled and Yolok leaves, can he see us? Can we see him? Nope. Or does he lose the veil when he leaves me? No, he is veiled separately. That and oh. it's, yeah. So you cool. guys are all veiled okay. separately. It's hard though. It's hard for you to maintain. It's a strain. We're gonna narrate that. We're just gonna handle that narratively. But like, okay. it's a. It's definitely tricky. Okay. So, Yola, go ahead and give us a fast roll. <laughs> oh no. Oh, that's bad. That's a bad face. That's a sad face you're making. Yeah, it's a sad face. It's a uh it's a minus two on the dice. <laughs> uh and uh and that takes my fast, which is a three down to a one. So I don't think that uh I don't think that cuts it. Ooh. So uh what, what happens? Because I've now put distance between us. You have. Okay. Uh And we can't see him, so we don't know what... We just know that he ran off. Like, he just left. He did. 
I am. Probably but we all said, I mean, like, look, we all said we were going to... Okay, I have a... I have an idea. How about, because you run on ahead, the, uh, you, the veil will actually be too hard to maintain, and it will drop, and you are going to be exposed, but you find a boat, and the, the rest of the crew are able to get on the boat, but something bad happens to Yolok. So I, I actually have a proposal. How about I'm, this? I'm listening. Uh, Yolok runs ahead. Um, and in, in his haste, doesn't even think about the idea that the veil might lift. Okay. Sees, uh, a pair of boats. Okay. Uh, and he gets in one and in order to, uh, draw any suspicion starts rowing south instead of north so that Darius or anyone else who's watching the last thing they saw is the kobold who left the pyramid going south now the problem of course is I am going to have to figure out how I'm going to get North, oh, right? Yeah. This doesn't. This basically doesn't end the pursuit for me, but hopefully it gets them to safety. Does Darius, when he was eyeing us down the elevator, did he see? Did he even see Yola? Because I know Darius is after us, and he saw us disappear into sort of the fray of what was going on on the main level. But did he even spot Yola? And does he know that he's with us? No, he. No, he didn't because I'm thinking back to your original scouting expedition, they never actually saw you. And then Darius has not actually seen you throughout this whole thing. So I don't think Darius actually knows the connection with Yola. Um, so how about, um, how about this? You get to the boat. Let's just say one boat. What okay. if you, uh, what if Meshkenet takes over <gasps> for a minute oh. while you are, you have the boat. They all get in the boat. <gasps> and we're going to have a, we're going to have a moment with Meshkenet. Okay. Okay. So you all see Yolok run ahead. And he, he, uh, or no, you don't see him because you're all failed. But you see a boat wiggle wobble, and uh, suddenly he appears unveiled and is waving at you. You all dash over, you get in the boat, and you push off into the river. And, uh, probably makes sense for Eleanor to be rowing. Yeah. Since she's strongest at the moment. Yep, I will row. Okay. So you're rowing. As you're in the water, um, the veil kind of flickers and disrupts. You feel the, the water kind of shorting out your, your magic. 
and you're all rowing down the river, and you can see each other once more, and you feel Darius heading off in a different direction. Okay. And the pursuit is over. Yolak, you're sitting there in the river, you're kind of looking around, and uh, suddenly you feel yourself falling into the void again. And as you are falling down through the through the tunnel, suddenly you see the uh, the the face, the glowing face of Meshkenet floating next to you, and sh- her uh, barely visible arms reach out and grab you and clutch tight. For those on the boat, you see Yolok sit down, breathing for a moment. And just closes his eyes. And then they open. And they're glowing emerald green. And he looks around. And he smiles in a way that you have never seen him smile before. (laughs) Why, hello. Oh my, now this, this is interesting. And she looks, or Yolok looks right at Mira. <gasps> Hello, Mira Barkridge, keeper of the figs. And Yolok's hand reaches down to the dagger. and pulls out the green emerald blade of the king killer in a pointed down motion. You know, a pointed down position. And he stands up and looks like he's about to move towards Mira. Okay. Does that qualify as combat? Not yet, but it could. Okay. Because I've seen that fell green uh, in eyes before. I know, obviously, we hear the voice. It's not him. Yep. We saw what happened. I don't have the particulars, but I know he's in there somewhere, and she's got to go. I want to heat object with the Staff of Summer Flame and I want to jab the Staff of Summer Flame right into his chest and basically sorry Yolak I want to burn him because I can heal a wound. It's like an intense sternum rub. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can heal It's like a, a blowtorch. It's like blowtorch. <laughs> right. I want to sure. cause a burn to basically shock his system to bring him back, kick her out. Because once he's back in consciousness, he'll be in pain. I can fix that. Yep. Okay. I really like that solution. So the only thing I'm going to say is it doesn't, you it, uh, you can do that without using, you can't use focus, but you get otherwise the same stunt benefit that you do for that, that move. Okay. This feels okay, fast instead. Because you're you're moving before he jumps on you. 
So you're using fast, but otherwise the stunt bonus applies. Okay. So my fast is two, and the bonus, because it's mm -hmm. technically out of combat, is plus four. Yes. So yes. I'm okay with this. Yes. Um, okay. Brendan, would you roll Yolok's fast for us? <sighs> oh, no. No! <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> As he gets up and walks away from the computer. Oh! Here's the good roll we've been waiting for all that's, night. That's... Uh, so much more fun to make really you fast. guys roll. Okay, what did we... Oh! Oh, <gasps> oh goodness! Where was that the last time? That is four pluses. That is four Yolak pluses. has a seven. Fast. All right. Mira, what do you have? Oh, my God. Four. Okay. So. Oh, my goodness. This is either Wait. going to go badly. And, and Mishkena is trying to do what again? Mishkena is trying to. She is advancing menacingly on Mira with the dagger. With the king killer dagger. She is. So, Mira, do you want to do something about that? I I sure would. Okay. Um, I want to spend a fate point, but that'll only get me to six. And if he's got a seven... Can you think of... How many fate points do you have? One. Ah, okay. Can I see what's happening and aid her? Um, I would be open to you throwing in a, uh, do you have any fate points I left? I do, I have one. I would be open to you throwing in a fate point if you can make sense of it. I feel like Mira's got an easy justification here for now you get the thorns. That feels like it's supernatural. Yeah, for sure. Easy mode. And that would be my last fate point. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't have any other... I mean, I guess I could invoke, like, Westergaard family business in that I've seen possession before. Yes. Maybe you call, maybe you call it out and you call something out and Mira realizes what to the, that, and that's what spurs Mira onto this action. Yeah. Okay, so both Like, of Mira, look at, Mira, look out! As you know, I'm rowing and I see Yolak advancing. Maybe a little Something about being possessed. Oh, yes. Okay. Wait, but it wasn't Yolak just talking to Mira? Meshkenet's voice was coming out. Yeah. yeah. So you're the one who's putting, you're the, so we're going to say you're the one putting two and two together. Oh. You call it out. Mira takes action. Okay. Mira is not Yolak. It's, it's Meshkenet. She's, she's possessing him. And with that, Mira's able so to stab the, the staff forward, and you see a the same bright blue intense flame that she used down in the dungeon that ex created the explosion. It's this like like this intense blowtorch. She presses it forward right into his chest, and it singes and sears. Um, Yolak, Mark, you're exhausted. Yeah. Hey. Okay. And you are going to be burned, but you feel yourself yanked out of the void 
and you come back to yourself and you are you fall down to your you fall down to the floor of the boat and your chest hurts so so badly Mira and Eleanor the green light is gone and it sounds like Yolok again Whew. So the minute that I see that I hear his voice come out of his body and I make eye contact with his his you know his own eyes I I immediately like reach in and I start applying like a burn bomb like a burn wound I, I don't know if it's actually going to have a technical effect on his stress or exhausting consequences but just like I got to help cuz like I I'm, I'm ready It'll to... clear soon enough but I like I like the action it'll clear soon enough that it's Kind of neither here but like there. narratively, that's what's yes, happening. He, that's great. He, she immediately She's treating starts him. to heal. Yes. Okay. Good. So you're all able to. You're rowing the boat uh, on the river. You get out to the flood. You're able to kind of navigate the little canals to get to where the houseboat of the Shadows of Blood are, and you head in. Um. You send. Give the give the little boat a sh- uh, do you keep the boat or do you give it a little shove off to kind of leave it somewhere away from the houseboat? Um, I think we send it adrift. I would want to. I don't. There are boats know. around. We can get another boat. Okay, yeah, sure. All right, so you send the boat off and you head into the sh- the the houseboat of the Shadows of Blood. Yolok is burned. All of you are exhausted and tired. And when you walk in, you see Fetra tending to a wounded Tata. Thank you.